Well, this week, um, my uh, grandmother, which we call Giggy, went home to be with the Lord, and um, she had a glorious home going, and that's what we called it in our family. And um, on Tuesday night, um, as we went to uh, College Station, it was a packed auditorium of a thousand people there, worshiping and praising the Lord for her life. And as we returned to Richmond the next day, uh, Richmond Rosenberg, St. John's United Methodist Church was packed to overflowing with people. And as I sat there, I thought about what Giggy was teaching me about investment and what we invest in. And I realized that what her life demonstrated on those two nights was that she had placed an investment in the community of God. And at the right time, when she was ready to go on into glory, that investment was gathered around all of her grandkids and all of her kids and all of her great-grandkids. And, you know, we're asked to invest in so much in life, health insurance, house insurance, all of the different things. Uh, you know, and as we went through the hurricane this year, we saw, you know, all of our neighbors' houses around us, their fences blew down, and ours, which is the most ricketyest one of them all, stood solid. You know, and, and so we, we are asked to invest in all of these things that may or may not happen to give us an assurance that we may or may not need. But as we look at this week, and, and as the end of the week came, and Janice and Leslie had their babies, and we held them in their arm, and all of you wrote letters and emails and came to visit and, and loved them. You see, there are a lot of uncertainties in life, but then there are some certainties, and the certainty is that there will be uncertainty, that there will be heartache and trial, that there will be death, and that there will be life. And so, what a great thing for us to invest our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service into a community that whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether our fence is standing or it blows over, we have each other to journey with. Let's go to God in prayer. God, we thank you and we praise you that we come to this time called Making Ministry Happen when we invest. We not only invest our financial resources, but we invest our life because the return on that life is all of these brothers and sisters that are gathered in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.
you're here today. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to attempt that note. <laughs> wow, wow, how much coffee did you drink to get down there? <laughs> I love today's scripture from John. I love it because it shows us the way that vision works on so many different levels. There's simplicity and there's grandeur, there's passion and there's intimacy all embodied in this scripture today. It's a scripture that calls us to vision. The scripture actually begins very simply with Jesus making a choice. Jesus, with his free will, decides to go to Galilee. And in this story, Jesus ends up meeting ordinary people with ordinary names like Philip and Nathaniel. The first theme that comes through as we look at this scripture is that vision begins in ordinary places. It's got to be ordinary before it becomes extraordinary. And vision begins where we are. 
Sometimes vision even begins with a degree of skepticism. Philip is so excited in what he sees in Jesus that he has to share this passionate, wonderful news with Nathaniel. Nathaniel's response, however, is, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathaniel had heard the prophecy of this Messiah who would come. And the thought was the Messiah would come from someplace grand and festive like Jerusalem. Nazareth, little podunk town, kind of like Sulphur, Texas. Two or three hundred people. Furthermore, it's a town that had been overrun by the Romans. So the thought that anything could come out of a podunk, scarred sort of place seemed impossible. And yet, through the years, Nathaniel had been preparing his heart. In ancient times, a fig tree was a place where people went to study and to rest and to pray. So even though Nathaniel had this skeptical side, he had still prepared his heart for the moment that would come, sitting under the strength and the shade of a fig tree. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? An ordinary place like that? Maybe you've had a similar question. Maybe you've looked into your work situation and said, can anything good come out of this job, out of this position? I've hit the ceiling so many times. Or maybe this morning you even got up and looked around your messy apartment and said, can anything good come out of this apartment? (laughs) Can anything good come out of this situation? Vision begins where we are. It begins in ordinary circumstances with ordinary people. So if you are feeling ordinary today, or you're feeling stuck or confined, know that vision begins exactly where you are. Vision begins in ordinary places. Vision oftentimes seems like something grand and powerful something that draws us in these bold and powerful ways. And in many ways, that's true about vision, and that's one of the threads we're going to look at. But it really begins in ordinary places, and it begins on the inside. We'll never know the vision if we only look out. We're also called to look inside. And what's beautiful in this scripture today is that both Jesus and Nathanael knew who they were. They had spent that time developing their inner life, that their inner life might be the foundation for an outer life. So what happens is, even though Nathanael was skeptical and said, could anything good come from Nazareth, the minute he saw Jesus, he saw inside of him. And he saw this one who would ultimately change history. He saw Jesus on the inside. And what's beautiful here is not only does Nathaniel see Jesus for who Jesus is in a powerful and compelling way, Jesus sees Nathaniel for who Nathaniel is. The way Jesus says it is, here is a true Israelite. Here is one who does not have a false bone in his body 
Here is a person of integrity. A person who can be entrusted with the vision. Sometimes we don't know who we are because we don't take time to look inside. We allow the voices around us to define us. And yet when we look inside, we can begin to see a vision that is true to us. How many of us have had visions forced on us at various times in our lives? We've been told that this is who you are and this is how you are to do it. Reverend Janice is not here today, so I can talk about her just a little bit. (laughs) She actually felt a call to ministry very, very early in her life. And whenever she went to college, she went with the intention of joining the religion department. But when she walked up to that table to sign up, the guy behind the table looked her up and down and said, I think you have the wrong table. And she ended up moving right over to the business table. Now, God has a funny way of working things around, and Janice's business skills have been very powerful for us. But basically, someone looked at her, had a vision of her, and tried to force her into that vision. And that happens to us. That's why it's very important that people who are transgender have that inner ability to look inside and to find that deeper truth and that deeper calling and that deeper identity. And one of the things that makes resurrection different is that we're a community who supports transgender people in their journey. Again, I would like to share a word from a transgender person, Michael Slack, who was able to look inside and catch a vision from his own heart as he journeyed from female to male. I love how he personalizes the vision after looking in his own heart. He says, a year after I began my transition, my parents shared with me for the first time that God had told them before I was born that I was to be a boy, a boy named Michael. They had my name picked out and everything. You can imagine their surprise when I was assigned the female gender at birth. They changed the name they'd picked out months before and began purchasing all things pink and yellow and gave away all the blue and green accessories and clothing. But here's here's what I love. Michael says it this way. But God's call was mine to answer. God had a story for me that I needed to work my way into. And now many years later, my name is Michael. And I'm the son my folks always thought I was supposed to be. Here's the good news today. Even if this morning you got up and you looked around your home and your apartment and you said, can anything good come out of here? The good news today is that God has planted a story and a vision inside of you that's just begging to come out. A story that's just begging to be released. No matter your circumstance, God is calling you to look inside. Let that inside become a passion that calls you to look outside. Everything you need is there for you, and your story is just waiting to come out. Take just a moment now to look inside. What is your deepest truth? Who are you really? Put your hand on your heart for just a minute. 
There's a story and a vision in you just waiting to come out, to be named. Oh yes, it comes from an ordinary place and you may feel very ordinary today, but it is a deep and passionate vision. Hear it and live it. All right, this vision. It's an ordinary vision from ordinary places. It's a vision that comes from the inside. But then it is a vision that calls us to look out, to look beyond. Yes, when we look inside, we discover that we are beloved. That we have this powerful story, but we're not called to simply bask in our belovedness. We're, we're called to take that belovedness and look outward with it. And see what God will do from that moment on. I love this scripture today where Jesus says, You will see greater things than these. In other words, yes, you may ask the question, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of my life? Jesus' response is, Yes, you will see greater things than these. But you need to stand and look out. And see where that inner story is calling you. Now sometimes the ordinary story looks outward because of extraordinary events. 150 people learned that this week. It was an ordinary flight. It was an ordinary flight over the Hudson River heading to North Carolina. But suddenly 150 people had a brand new vision standing on the wing, <laughs> looking out. In just moments, their entire lives passed through them. In just moments, they thought of all they'd accomplished and not accomplished. What would you think if you were standing on the wing of a plane in a cold river, looking out? Many of those have already testified that their life will never be the same. That they're going to treasure every moment. That they're going to spend less time watching television and more time building relationships. So one question I have for us is, do you have to have a crash landing to ultimately articulate your vision? Or can we live that vision now? Can we look at our lives now and see where God is calling us and realize that yes, God's calling us inward, but God's also calling us outward. I praise God for every life that was saved this week. And I praise God for every life that will be changed through those saved lives. Because that's a story of empowered life. This vision, yeah, it's ordinary. It comes from the inside, it calls us to look out but ultimately, it is a vision that calls us to world change. That's where it moves from ordinary to extraordinary. I praise God for those who have had the tenacity throughout their lives to look over and to see something greater. And this Tuesday in Washington, D.C., we as a nation will cross an important threshold. But that vision began a long time ago. It was a vision born in the heart of many. 
articulated very powerfully in one who we remember today and tomorrow, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Even though everything around him said, don't waste your time, even though while in Birmingham, a group of pastors took out a full-page ad decrying his actions, telling him it was too soon, telling him to hold off and to hold back, Dr. King stood up and said, I have a vision. I have a vision of a new nation and a new people. I have a vision. It's not just an ordinary vision, but an extraordinary vision. Nathaniel, he saw the whole world from under a fig tree. But Dr. Martin Luther King, he saw the whole world from the mountaintop. The very next day, Dr. King was assassinated. But he had seen the promised land. He took the time to look beyond his ordinary circumstances. He took the time to look inside his own heart. And then with all of that, he looked over. And what did he see? What did he see from the mountaintop? He saw that every person was created equally. That every person was called to freedom. That every life was valuable. That communities could rise up and make a difference. And so communities have. And the good news is, we are one of those communities. So the question for us today, resurrection, is this. Have we looked over? And have we seen the glory? The pivotal moment in this scripture is when the ordinary becomes extraordinary. And Jesus describes it this way. He says to Nathanael, you'll see greater things than these. And then he said, what you will see is angels descending and ascending. Angels ascending and descending from heaven. Ultimately, that becomes the call of this vision. It's a call for each of us to work together with the vision we've been given and the life we've been given and the opportunity we've been given to bring heaven on earth wherever we are. That's what that metaphor means. It's heaven and earth coming together through ordinary people and ordinary lives together creating something extraordinary. And it's something that we as a congregation are called to work for. And it's something that we can do. Ultimately, this vision that began under a fig tree with Nathaniel and Jesus looking into each other's hearts is a vision about all of us. In the original languages, when Jesus says, you will see this, the original language means all of you will see this. And that is our calling. No matter what's happening in the economy, no matter what's happening in our personal lives, we can stand on the mountaintop and look longer, and look further, and look truer, and look deeper. And in so doing, we can build the beloved community that brings heaven on earth in this day, in this time, in this age. Amen.